Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 41 of the Inside Social Work podcast. Today, my guest and I are both on Wurundjeri land, um, so we'd like to pay our respects to uh, elders past, present and emerging. Uh, we are doing this via Zoom, but um, our guest Dom is also uh, in the inner bits of Melbourne, so we both happen to be on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kula Nation. I'm really excited to be getting into some regular podcasting again after a, a longish summer break uh, to rest and recuperate. Um, the new season is going into full swing, which is super exciting. Uh, you heard in the last episode, uh, Amberly Moores talk about her work in disability, um, or Associate Professor Dr. Hazard about uh, mindfulness and meditation, which has been a really uh, popular episode, uh, which is really nice to see. So we're at about 25,000 downloads across dozens of countries, which absolutely blows my mind. So I really wanted to thank uh, all the listeners and supporters of the podcast. Uh, for those who have been interested in joining the Facebook group, you can find us um, over there um, talking all things social work. You can sign up to the mailing list and you'll get a bit of a career guide and a few other things here and there as well. And uh, we've talked a lot about supervision, so I know that a lot of uh, practitioners have contacted me and people are showing interest in supervision and I have decided to launch a, a trial effort at the moment, a group supervision program uh, through my private practice. So you can go over to the therapy hub and under training there'll be a link there for supervision. Uh, those will be capped at groups of six. Uh, the focus will be primarily on youth mental health to start with and if there's interest there for other areas we can look at that as well so if you're interested in joining one of those uh, supervision groups you can head over to the therapyhub.com.au website and check that out today's guest uh, so we've got tom alford here and he is talking about his work at relationships australia victoria and working with dad so we talk a bit about the first thousand days of life and how important it is to have fathers involved um, right from pregnancy into early childhood and beyond he shares some tips and resources for practitioners and service providers on how they can enhance their service to be more inclusive of fathers things to be considerate of when running groups and adapting what could be traditionally um, programs targeted at mums into programs that include dads or target dads specifically. So some really interesting things coming out of our Relationships Australia Victoria. Uh, if you're interested in learning a bit more, you can head over to their website at supportforfathers.com.au and there's some links there to resources for practitioners as well as resources for dads um, and some additional training that you might like to participate in if you're a a practitioner or a service provider. I hope you enjoy my episode with uh, Dom. Welcome to another episode of the Inside Social Work podcast. We're at episode 41, which is super exciting. And today I'm interviewing Dom Alford. Uh, Alford or Alfred? Alford. Did I pronounce uh, that right? Yeah, Alfred's fine. Alfred, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. a project coordinator at Relationships Australia Victoria. Welcome. Thanks, Marie. Um, do you want to just give the listeners a bit of a background into, um, I guess, maybe a bit of your career background and yep. the role that you're in at the moment? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so the role is Project Coordinator Support for Fathers. 
and we're working uh, with fathers, families and, and service providers around Australia to talk about fatherhood stuff, to talk about healthy relationships and families uh, and to talk about how uh, services can engage with dads in much, you know, in better ways, in more inclusive ways. Um, and I came to this, uh, to working for uh, RAV, Relationships Australia Victoria. Um, I've, I've been on the project for three years now. And um, before that, uh, I'm a social worker. So before that, I've worked a lot in with children going through residential care and foster care. Um, and that sort of foster care in particular, I worked a lot on many years there. And it's sort of uh, where I sort of built my um, foundations as a social worker, I guess. And, and then after that, working a bit in family services and, and trying to work with the parents there around parent education stuff as well as the, the family service work and then moving more into formally into parent education work and, and discovering that working with dads in that arena was a huge gap and this is sort of uh, a lot of parenting information and education opportunities are for parents in general, but the people turning up are usually women uh, or 99% women, female. Um, and uh, so the importance of designing father-specific information was, was something I discovered then. And, and then this role came up and it just sort of, uh, it was a perfect fit to be able to go out there and actually develop some of that information that's with that's sort of filling that gap that I, that I discovered in my own practice. It sounds like it was such a, a natural progression in hindsight, working in foster care and family <laughs> services and really looking systemically um, at some of the ways we can support whole families and communities. Yeah, it was a natural progression. It was never intended. Uh, so it was a really nice sort of, when I look back, it's like, oh, that makes sense. But uh, at the time, sort of just moving on to, the, I guess, just figuring out what the next sort of best thing to do is and trying to, yeah, it, it's worked out well. So um, tell us a little bit more about the parenting for dads and the support for fathers um, work that you're doing. What does that kind of look like? And um, even if you know a bit how the project came about through Relationships Australia Victoria? Yeah, so it, it's part of a national um, a federal government plan about reducing family violence in Australia. And uh, we're just, the funding that we have for the support fathers is just one small part of that pro that plan. Uh, it's a huge body of work they put together, um, but really what the intention there is to engage men around fatherhood as a primary prevention approach violence. So really just giving uh, those dads opportunities to learn about fatherhood, to discover more about their own version of fatherhood, the kind of dad they want to be, the kind of relationships they want to have in their families. And just really, uh, so we've picked, I've picked that up and just sort of said, well, I feel like uh, we did a lot of research and consultations with dads and, and this, the feeling was coming back that dad just really wanted lots of options around fatherhood. Um, there's uh, definitely a sense that um, dads are 
don't have too many sort of, I guess, uh, options or other than being like a breadwinner or, you know, the, the dad we kind of know really well in our lives is the dad that goes to work, um, you know, when the baby's two weeks old or four weeks old or something, goes back to work and, and that's their way of being a parent is providing for the family in that way. And it sounds quite stereotypical and it is, but it's also that's mainstream Australia. So when we're talking about talking dads across Australia, that's a huge role model that is out there for lots of dads. So really just trying to provide options um, to that role model. So saying that's, and, and definitely not saying that's a bad way of being a dad because you, you can't, you don't want to put people off and you can't change what's, you know, the structures that are out there overnight. So um, accepting that and then providing some options and getting people to explore well, what are the other ways it can be dad, you know, um, and it doesn't have to be a provider, a breadwinner. Um, and there's lots of dads actually out there already doing this or looking for options and already doing these things. And so it can help to either validate what they're doing or help them just kind of go, oh, actually, I was thinking about that. And here's some sort of uh, confirmation that I can go down this pathway. So I think that's been really, and that's something we've aimed to do. And uh, I think we've, achieve that in a small way um, and hopefully we continue to do it and, and reach more dads. That sounds really interesting. Through that research and kind of asking um, dads what they wanted, was there anything that came up that was a real surprise to you that really challenged maybe a misconception you had or ideas you had about what um, people uh, consuming that content mm. would want? Yeah. Look, uh, um, we in, in the survey we ran um, very early on in the project, the one thing that came up that did surprise me a bit, and oh, I guess I didn't know the answer, but uh, we asked dads, well, who do you talk to about fatherhood? Because um, we're really interested. It was like, uh, we feel like dads got a lot to, they're thinking about fatherhood and, and they want to explore it, but who are they talk to about it? And so that their partner was the number one person that they talked to. So, you know, mum or their partner. Um, and But I did expect, but and then they didn't talk to their mum or their own mum or dad about fatherhood. And I kind of thought they might have, and I kind of thought uh, that they came up as the person they speak to the least about it all. And I thought that was really, it was surprising to me, maybe not, I didn't expect a lot of dads to talk to their own dad about fatherhood because I think that's part of that sort of stereotype that you sort of, um, you know, you might not talk about that kind of stuff. But I thought they might have talked to their mum or something about father. So that was really interesting because where do, you know, I just brought it back to thinking about, well, where do we learn about parenting? Who do we learn about parenting from? Who do we learn about being a dad from? And the strongest influence you have in your life about who you are is is what you learn at home. Um, so if you're not talking to your own parents about it, then who are you talking to about and, and how do you? So it's, it was, yeah, it just sort of surprised me that maybe there's, there's not many role models or things that people have actually learned from. Maybe they're just figuring it out as they go along. Uh, so just highlighted even more the importance of, the information we put out there. Wow, that's really interesting. I guess um, 
as a family therapist, I can kind of see how some of that, the cultural impact of um, stereotypes can really have that impact where it's like, uh, maybe if I didn't have that relationship with my own dad, why would I talk to him about it now when I'm at my most vulnerable or my most mm. scared or sometimes people's good intentions is to offer advice rather than let you just sit with that um, confusion. So I can see why. I mean, it is a surprise to me too, but I can see how it can kind of happen. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just, it was the, the biggest surprise was it's all, who are you talking to about this stuff? Yeah. And I'm not saying that you have huge conversations and deeper meaningfuls all the time, but even just to bounce ideas off about, you know, mm. parenting stuff. So, yeah. uh, so kind of finding that people probably are, rely on their their most intimate relationships for this stuff is, uh, you know, so I guess it's good in one way, but then it is also quite healthy to have different avenues to talk about fatherhood stuff. So other dads, your own dad, your own mum, you know, uh, lots of options to get different versions and, and perspectives. Mm. So through that, um, you sort of the survey and a bit of that research, what were then some of the products or services um, or campaigns, what was created from that? Mm. Yeah, so that um, the breadwinner provider type dad was really the, the biggest thing and is to, we've got a, one of our resources called Seven Types of Dad. Um, so that's based off some research that had already been, been done throughout Australia um, and just picked up on that and really just trying to, a lot of our work's really trying to translate the research that's already out there into really stuff that is easy to read, digestible by the, you know, the average person. And it's not sort of heavy on all the, uh, you know, lingo and, and sort of researchy stuff. So seven types of data is really just addressing that breadwinner role and just sort of saying, here's some other versions of dads that you can be, you might already be doing, but it gives you a chance to reflect and explore the different ways. So there's sort of um, the different types, sort of hats you put on at different times of the day, you know, whether it's bedtime and you're affectionate dad and, you know, it's hugs and kisses and good night and that kind of stuff. And whether it's, um, you know, getting ready for school, you're a responsible dad and make sure you're organised and that kind of stuff. So just sort of breaking down some of the roles that um, to highlight the importance for these dads um and and yeah and breaking out a bit from that provider role um but acknowledging that it's uh one of the barriers is that men are expected to be at work when they're dads um, and they generally do stay at work you know there's lots of stats around in australia around a lot of dads end up being at work full-time um, when the baby's born and they stay at work if, when the kids are older and, and those those um, things haven't changed in the last 20 years. So we've also, uh, one of the other resources about work and family balance, um, I guess talked about a lot, uh, but really they're just saying to dads, uh, have a conversation before you have a kid, if you can, uh, if you have thought about it, but have a conversation with the partner about what you actually would like from work and uh, what's your ideal situation. Um, and so some people don't want to work part-time and that's fine. But if you've got the opportunity, if you've got flexible work options at, at work, just, you know, um, talk to your workplace about it. And But actually the follow-through, I think, is the bit that is missing with that. 
there's lots of I hear lots of stories about men wanting to work part time or um, the ambition to like yeah when I have kids or when they're older when they go to school you know whatever uh, I'll work part time um, but the stats are saying that in 20 years nothing's changed um, dads are at work full time when the baby's born and they stay that way. Uh, and, and mums are the ones doing part-time work and it means that mums are the ones doing lots of the home household domestic stuff that um, and so lots of our resources are underpinned by sort of a gender equity with a gender equity lens uh, and really looking at how dads can play more a greater role in the, the domestic stuff in life um, and so it's all about trying to achieve more balance in that. Uh, so, yeah, promoting gender equity. And, um, so yeah, that's sort of some of our resources. And we've also put together a professional's toolkit for support services to engage dads more effectively. And that's really looking at, um, we've put it, broken it up into sort of seven elements and it's really about a step-by-step -step guide if you had to, design a program from scratch you know you could use it from step one, element one to seven but if you're just looking at the way you put together your flyer for a dad's program or something then you jump to element two promoting to dads um, or if you just wanted to you already run a program with dads and you're wanting to look at how you um, maintain and, and keep those dads engaged then we've got a whole section about you know keeping dads engaged so it's sort of it's about just um, providing the researchers out there to these professionals and some little checklists and tip sheets and, and ideas about how they can work more effectively with dads. Um, and, and really the, the main thing that comes out of that when I do, we do training around that, that toolkit. Uh, we do a working with dads training session and it's really just about have you talked to these dads about what they want out of your program have you actually asked them, is this what you want? Do, you, do they want a play group? Um, is that, you know, do they want something different? You know, do they want to? And then also providing some options around what you're offering. So just having a play group might be great for a certain bunch of dads, but there's probably a whole other bunch of dads in your neighbourhood who are, who are looking for something, and but they're not interested in a play group. They just, you know, maybe they want a parent education session or maybe they just want to really... Uh, no even more casual dads catch up or something or maybe they just you know so really just thinking more broadly about what you're offering because uh, from what I can see uh, I've had the opportunity to travel around Australia and, and visit and speak to lots of people about doing this kind of work with dads that everyone's just offering one thing and um, it's it's a great thing but I just, I just wonder what if we had more options for those dads in your community? Uh, and yeah, that's tricky, but uh, it's, I guess just highlighted then that not every dad's gonna wanna do this. So there's lots more dads out there that you're missing out on. As you were, um, as you were describing that last little bit, I was busily jotting down notes because my brain was, um, was thinking about all the different social work skills that are coming through in what you were describing. So, um, you know, I've got the website open here up on another screen and we've got the resources for dads. 
but you're also talking about getting professionals to think about how they include dads in their work. You know, there's education, support, safety, you know, reduction, stigma reduction, um, health promotion, and then thinking about, you know, empowerment and person-centered work and then um, the creativity and flexibility. And that can be really overwhelming to start from scratch, but also really exciting that you're taking what we know about research. And we talked earlier about the first thousand days of life before we started recording, but how we can enhance outcomes for children and families and future generations by starting working with dads. Like, I think that's a really interesting, um, exciting, probably overwhelming uh, project. <laughs> yeah, I think oh, definitely in the beginning, it was sort of like, well, oh, I don't know where this is going to end up one, you know, after three years, but now I look back at it and it sort of makes sense. And yeah, looking to the future, that first 1000 days is really about focusing all that kind of work on the, the first thousand days of the child sort of, from that includes pregnancy uh, through to the child's second birthday. So that the services that the dads come across then through from the midwife to the birthing hospital uh, to maternal child health and, and more services in, in that time. But really just that's just still the biggest gap in mm. how dads are, well, dads are engaged in the work that we do. So there's social work in there, but there's also the health services uh, and they're really keen on doing more about it because I think they see the benefit when dads are, you know, more involved in the before the birth. And, and really, uh, if we're serious about supporting mums through pregnancy and birth and recovery after birth and, you know, being at home with a baby, then the person that you need to talk to about the support after mum is dad or the partner um it just and we don't the conversations just do not happen and we put all this pressure on mums to know it all and to get it and to put it into place and put it into action and and geez and give birth and go through all that you know and do all the all the hard work and uh and then we just hope that they have support around them but what if we're just talking to dads about this just as, you know, and putting the importance on them just as much as mums? Because mm. um, there's a lot of dads that could just, yeah, who do all this stuff, but if they were being told this is your job, this is your role, they would take it on and they would just love it and they would make the most of it and be as supportive as they could. Mm. So I'm, I'm hearing um, some of the things you're saying really show that, dads want to be included and want to be more involved but there's either some policy gaps in terms of flexible work um, and that might even just be in a cultural sense around you might have it written down somewhere in a dusty HR file or in a in a drive somewhere on a laptop computer but doesn't mean that in practice those things are easy to implement um, reducing you know your EFT or having flexible work but also maybe there's a gap in confidence and then finding the right resources. Is that, um, does that kind of fit with what you're seeing? Yeah, definitely. I th yes, there's, uh, I think I've talked to workers about it being, it's not just that dads, you know, there's, there's a bit of a 10 way street when it comes to dads engaging with services. It's not just that, 
maybe it's about the cult, the culture of your program at the time. Uh, maybe you know I, I can think back to working in family services where you would always speak to the mother because the dad was usually absent. You know, it's pretty hard to reach, and, and you know, uh, and often not living with the family. Um, but when the opportunity came to speak to a dad, people would always sort of just felt like, well, that's going to be a hard conversation, so it's easy to talk to mum. So. I'm going to call mum anyway. And the same happened in foster care where we would just call the foster mum, even though we had a super engaged foster dad and, you know, they were trained and they'd been assessed and they were, you know, on board with everything. But we'd call call the, the female carer because uh, it was, in, again, it was just, it felt simpler or it felt easier. And that was just, we just, it's just a lot of it just seems to be that, yeah, just not, we're just, it's ingrained in us a bit. Uh, and it's historical, of course, where services are just used to working with women and mums. Uh, and that kind of sort of stuff stays around with you. Um, and even though if you're a new worker, it's sort of just, you just fit into the culture of the workplace and that stuff's still there. So it actually takes a bit of an effort to sit back and go, oh, actually, no, I need to make sure dad's on board. I need to have dad in for the next appointment uh, and actually making a special effort to make it happen. It takes more time out of your day. It's, it's, it's harder. It's, the work's a bit harder. But uh, I guess what we're trying to do is look at the long-term outcomes and say, well, it might be a bit harder at the beginning, but your long-term outcome is going to be so much better if you've got a sort of a family unit around you know, particularly when I'm talking about it with a newborn or something, you know, you've got a whole sort of great support network you've developed by because you've engaged that more. Yeah. So you've got the website's got heaps and heaps of resources. Um, for those listening, what are some tips that you might um, want to share with them around thinking now about involving dads? What are some things you'd like to see them doing in their work? So we've got people that work across family services, disability, mental health, in schools, uh, in a range of different sectors, policy, um, local government. For someone listening who's like, yeah, I really, I want to do something different. I want to change mm -hmm. my practice. Yeah. What are some things that they can start doing? Uh, I think the getting to know some of the research that's out there around fatherhood um, it's a, you know, it's, it's a pretty broad topic, fatherhood, but if you just do a quick, you know, Google search, you know, and then definitely have a look at our website, we've got lots of links there, but there's lots of great stuff that's already out there that's existing that, and, and I talked about our toolkit, but there's heaps of others out there that have been developed for us in Australia. Um, so, and that's sort of a great starting point, just get to know some of the reasons why engaging dads is important. Um, and that'll help you just, you know, with being motivated, but also just being able to talk to these dads and, and having some information to say, these are the reasons why it's important you're involved and the things you're doing are so helpful because of this. Um, so yeah, looking at the research is, is really great. Um, and, and I guess just, uh, Getting to know your dads is is something that uh, uh, it can be hard in some of the services you mentioned there. I understand, um, 
but uh, you know someone from a local council i mean that's sort of a huge huge gap there where you know getting to know their big part of their role is getting to know their community so why not get to know the dads in the community and see what they want from the services or you know so whether it's just through um running a bit of a survey or whether it's just that you hold an event or do a father's day thing and and then use it as a chance to sort of get to know the local dads and what they want from your services or your parent or your family support groups or whatever it is. Um, so getting to know dads and asking them what they want um, to do. And, and I guess that coming back to that, that one I referred to before about providing choice, um, I think, and trying to think of dads as being quite diverse uh, I've noticed that in the groups that I've run, we're in one room of sort of 20 or 30 dads. I'll have a single dad. I'll have a separated dad. I'll have a dad with two kids, dad with four kids, you know, full-time dad, stay-at-home dad. Uh, I guess just or a foster dad as well or a granddad, you know, father figures as well. Getting to think, just thinking that, uh you're providing a choice of programs for a diverse range of dads and uh, not sort of just lumping, just having a vision of dad as being a singular thing. There's a lot more to it. Um, and that might be really helpful just to kind of think about the things you're offering. So, and separated dads is a, is a good example where for separated families, um, maybe you're offering child-friendly events, but they're not, or kids aren't always with them or something like that. Uh, we, we work with a lot of um, family relationship services and, and they work with separated families. So they're always mindful that the kids aren't with those parents all the time. So if they offer things, it's got to, it's not going to work for everyone. So they try and offer a variety of things so that it can be dad's only things or parent only things. So that's sort of, yeah, really coming back to the, there's, there's more diversity mm -hmm. in dads than, than maybe you initially think about. So that's just the reflection yeah. and having a good chat about it if we if we break it down even to the initial kind of face-to-face -face or telehealth contact what are some ways that um that workers or um you know social workers whoever's kind of in the the service themselves can have those you know normalize some of that experience like is it worth sort of saying do you feel like you're not often included? Is there something we can do different? Like what are some things that workers can do? And I mean, mm. it's already given me ideas of how I can even enhance my own practice, but yeah. what can people start saying to, to dads when they have them there on the phone or in the room yep. to start getting a bit of that buy-in and recognizing mm. and validating their experience, but also kind of pitching to them the outcomes and benefits of involvement in a non kind of judgy way. Yeah, I think uh, what I also include in the talk here is, is about being really clear about the role that you play, you know, and the reason why they're in the room or something like that, um, you know, what, whatever it is, just being really clear when you start the conversation. Uh, there is there's something, uh, I guess, and I'm, I haven't got a whole heap of evidence, but there's something about men and trust and services that sort of, is not gelling and and so building that trust is could be about just being really clear about your role and and but the dad's role in being there and what they can get out of it and so just 
being clear in that, but in a really positive way, I think, and just sort of saying, you know, like, you know, these are some of the things that could happen that you could get out of it and, and maybe providing a bit of a, um, a story for them or something, some sort of anecdote from another dad that's come through the service that you could sort of say, you know, this is the kind of thing that's happened for someone else and this is what they got out of it. And then you could just sort of say and, and move the conversations of, well, what are you looking for? You know, what, or, you know, what's, what's sort of the main reason why you wanted to come along today or, um, you know, what can we do differently next time, you know, to make it better for you? And just being really, I think just being really upfront is, is really works for dads. Uh, I don't know whether that's a dad thing, but I, that's, I think, just being really clear um, and really sort of to the point is really valuable. And as I said before, just asking them what they want. Um, so if you're looking to run that a program or a service or some activities, kind of saying, well, we've got some ideas. Here's just, you know, read off the ideas and say, well, you know, which ones actually do you think are going to work? Which ones would you actually come along to? Um, yeah, just being really clear. Yeah. And do you find um, marketing specifically to dads creates more interest so if you're running a program instead of just saying parenting program saying you know um emotional intelligence coaching for dad like specifying mm. the target audience does that tend to generate a little bit more interest from dads mm. and yeah definitely most definitely like it's it's just the, the biggest thing i hope that people get out of the training that we do is is just saying realizing that you have to be really explicit around your promotional stuff. Uh, it's just so important because, and, and saying just what how you put it, Marie, is just, you know, dad's, you know, emotional intelligence session or dad's workshop or whatever, you know, um, and it could be a newsletter that you say, you know, two parents, two mums and dads, you know, if you want dads to read it, you have to invite them. Uh, mm. And that's the way of inviting them. And then it's uh, being explicit is important because mainly because this is a hard to reach audience and they're not used to, they're not the ones who are used to reading the flyers and the newsletters you get from school or from the, you know, from the organisation or the council. Like who, who's reading all that stuff at the end of the day? I'm sure um, you guys would know who, you might have an idea, but you should look at it. And I would be guessing that most of the times in families, it's going to be mum reading that and, and maybe she passes it on to dad, but maybe, you know, it doesn't happen. Uh, or who signs up for newsletters at schools and who gets all the communication and, and it's usually mums. So if you're really explicit and you want to get dad's attention, you just, you've got to put the word dad on it mm. uh, and just be really clear. And again, this is about being clear, uh, yeah. but, it's a hard to reach audience, so you've got to change the approach a bit. Yeah. Do you find, um, are there any sort of extra considerations with same-sex families? Because I've seen there are some resources on your website that are very um, inclusive. Mm. Is there anything in particular we need to kind of keep in our minds when working with families where it's, it's two dads or... Mm. Oh, in particular, because we're talking about dads, so we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, it's um, this with same-sex family. It is um, it, 
can I guess it just depends on that family, the individual family. I think it's a bit of a different uh, area you can go into where it's about the roles that they play in the family, really, um, between those two dads. Um, I think the stuff around promoting and saying, you know, this is for dads is, is the same, but the roles and, and, and sort of stereotypes that are in the family, yes, all our resources are, are pretty uh, are based around a heterosexual family. Um, so that's something that we're very mindful of, but the, some of the stuff I've seen around same-sex couples and two dads is, is it, it's quite different and the roles can be quite split up or, or they can, maybe they do sort of mimic a mum and dad role, but it's, it's quite individual and there's sort of no, mm. uh, I guess it's, you're just adding to the diversity there. But uh, I would just think if, if you're working with a family, it'd just be about exploring those topics with them, um, with both the dads and saying, well, where do you, you know, what's your, where are your strengths and, and where are your sort of gaps and what do you like to do and what roles do you play? All right, great. While you don't work directly with little children, I'm, I'm guessing you don't work directly with uh, No, just, just parents, okay. yeah. We, we, we do dads and kids stuff, yeah. but it's just, yeah, it's pretty, you know, casual. Other, um, other podcast guests who work with sort of with children or um, or infants really talk about the internal work that they have to do that um, thinking about parenting or early years often gets you reflecting on your own sort of experience growing up are, are there any any thoughts you have on that on just what support you've put in place for yourself um, in kind of processing and learning some of these things and how you reflect on your own life so are you sort of thinking about like, my own know, life yeah, now like, and when yes. I was a child? Yeah. Like sometimes when we're learning about it, you know, attachment, for example, we start to think about our own childhood and our own yeah. attachment feelings. Yeah. Or yeah. when we're thinking about gender norms, we start to question yeah. and um, look at back in history. Are there any specific things that yeah. you know, you've done? I'll definitely, I look just, yeah, reflect on my own. Like, yeah, that comes up all the time. Always this this job is, is, this role is great in so many ways. And then other ways just sort of like trying to be that, <laughs> that perfect uh, dad that I guess we you know, there's in there somewhere uh, in, in all the resources we put out there. But yeah, re really, uh, I think it really highlights, like for me, I work part time and that's sort of something I think regardless of this, learning about the stuff I would have, I was really keen to do as a dad, um, just because I really love just being at home and working less, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, it's really just highlighted all the stuff that I guess we're trying to promote in there around gender equity in the family home, that uh, to achieve gender equity in society, we have to talk about men in doing domestic, more domestic work in the home. Um, so that's really, uh, for me, that sort of highlights that. And then also just the, the work and family balance stuff that, uh, that workplaces aren't great at recognising men as being dads. I think when they um, see 
women in workplaces and, and they, uh, a woman will go off and, and become a mother, it's quite obvious, you know, the sort of become pregnant, they're away for 12 months and then come back part-time, there's a lot of change and it's, you know, it's really blatant. But for men becoming dads, it's really, it's a bit invisible sometimes. They go away for two to three weeks and um, they expect them to do exactly the same thing and they're not sort of viewed as a dad. And I think my experiences in workplaces where it's been unsupportive and then where it's been really supportive and happy to say it is really supportive now, um, that sort of just highlighted the importance of maybe, you know, just the workplaces and their views of dads is just is a huge gap as well um, there's a lot of great things happening there and, and that's I guess for personally coming back to me is just my own um, experience of my dad just he just worked so much that and he had a he works from home seven days a week and it was just you know it was just that's how he how he was raised and he was raised to work hard and and that's what he did and that's how he provided uh, but it wasn't necessarily, you know, what a child's looking for. And so mm. that's uh, oh, that's how I've learnt and uh, I've learnt that and then I'm really keen to do something different to that, I guess. Uh, and I see a lot of that in some of the dads that come through our groups that sometimes they want to do something really different to how their dad parented them. Mm. Um, and so that's that's sort of my driver, I guess. Well, that's sort of... I, keep getting reminded about that when I do this work yeah excellent do you have any particular things you do around sort of self-care and burnout maybe not necessarily specific to this role but you know even just the last kind of year and the changes in our mm. work work-life balance and the mm. way in which we're working um you know uh, extra well, challenges. Lock- lockdown wasn't helpful <laughs> of course <laughs> this homeschooling wasn't helpful uh that was not good for burnout, but I'd, uh, and I guess what the things that I do is, is really just, uh, I find just trying to find moments where I can just really enjoy being with my kids. Um, so enjoying whatever, whether it's just a two minute window when I'm working from home and just sort of popping out and seeing them and, you know, getting a cup of tea or a piece of toast or whatever, or if you know lunch break and it's a good half an hour, just sort of really making sure that I'm actually just enjoying the time with them and not sort of distracted by anything else, just sort of really dedicating that time. I actually find that's really good for my mental health because I'm uh, a it's enjoyable and it's, you know when you, you when you hang out with kids, it's always going to be something fun, you know, because they're kids uh, and just really and, and you know enjoying that they're learning or they're what they've got to show you or what the, the stories they've got to tell you. Um, and I've just found, especially working from home, that's actually been a really nice part of it. Um, and it's actually helped my well-being because I just, I just, it just gives you good feelings and that's sort of, you know, um, good for your self-care. Uh, but, yeah, I guess finding time for myself and, and finding and having chats with other dads about fatherhood stuff is, is really important. Um, people outside your home, uh, friends and, you know, siblings or whatever, um, that's, that's really useful. 
Excellent. And just um, kind of wrapping up for those interested in learning more, where can they go to find out more or upskill, do some training? What are some of the, the things that you offer? And I can put links to them in the show notes as well. Yeah. Well, so everything that we've talked about and all the resources and there's more um, and any kind of fatherhood programs and links are on our website, which is supportforfathers.com.au. Uh, yeah. So there's, Everything we've done, we just put up there. It's all available, and, and there's links to to sign up for our training. So we run sessions for dads monthly online at the moment, um, and that's free. And then there's uh, training for professionals called Working with Dads, uh, and you can sign up for that. It's happening a couple of times this year. And then we just we do um, lots of other things just for sort of one-off things for organisations. So. Uh, for example, I'm doing a session with some foster dads in for uh, in New South Wales in about in soon, and then doing a session for a council for their dads in the area as well. Um, so it's just yeah, it's just a, we're happy to take on any kind of requests as and uh, yeah, and work with that those bunch of dads there. Wonderful. Thanks so much for being a, a guest on the podcast. Yeah, it's been really Marie. interesting yeah. and I'm sure it'll um, create some um, some new ideas and get people thinking about how they can be more, uh, I guess, inclusive and, and creative in their work with families and bringing dads into the space. Yep. Fantastic. So, Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode with Dom Alfred. If you'd like to join the Facebook group, you can find us at Inside Social Work. Uh, you can check out the uh, resources on the website, uh, insidesocialwork.com forward slash episode 41. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, there is a PayPal link on the website or in the show notes uh, on your podcast app. If you want to get involved with some of the work that we're doing and you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, you can contact me through the Facebook group and I can send you an expression of interest form and we can talk a little bit more about the stories that you have to share, any research that you're doing. And um, yeah, it'd be really great to hear the voices of more social workers on this podcast. Bye for now.